shotglassdigital.com. It's time to geek out loud. Avengers 2 has a new trailer, of course. Of course we're going to be breaking it down. I tried not to, but I just can't help myself. It's the kind of geek I am. All this and more on your safe place to geek out, the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out. The OG of the Goliverse, if you will. And uh, it's so glad. uh, It's so glad. It is so glad. It's a living, breathing, sentient thing. I'm so glad to have all of you along with us. My name's Steve Glosson, and uh, we're just going to have a good time. This episode, just uh, geeking out over all the fun stuff. All the good stuff that's out there. The whole goal of this podcast is to uh, to be positive, to, to celebrate what we enjoy, to ignore what we don't, and not to add to the old negativity of the uh, internet echo chamber. Everyone's always looking for for the bad. Everyone's always looking for the not so good. I have a hard time this time of year looking for the bad because it's my birthday time of year. And um, birthday coming up on January 25th. Send presents and cards accordingly. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, I am, uh, I, I'm just, I celebrate, I used to celebrate the week and, and now it's, it's kind of expanded. I realized like my waistline and, uh, I kind of end up celebrating most of the month, uh, tonight. In fact, before recording, I have been watching deadliest catch here lately. I've been, it was on the seasons eight and nine we're on Hulu Plus, and I'd seen them, and then I went back and I was rewatching some stuff, and I'm like, man, this is good stuff. And I got my hands on the 10th season, which I never got to finish up, and I'm just kind of enthralled with it. And every time I'm like, gosh, I'd love some crab legs. I would love some crab legs. And then it dawned on me. For Christmas, I was given one of those uh, credit card gift cards. You know, it's not specific to like Amazon or iTunes or anywhere. And I was, I was like, I'm going to use this bad boy. Normally, I use these things to buy, like, movies or or even some toys or some such, you know. And I just haven't found anything I really feel like spending it on. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm spending it on food. I'm going to go buy me some crab legs. And so tonight, I'm in a... And, and hence, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a great mood. And nobody can ruin it. I'm just having... I, I'm just... I, I had some crab legs, made myself some crab legs, and... And sat down, watched a little bit of Agent Carter, watched a little bit of New Girl, enjoyed myself. And uh, life is right now really, really good. Life is good. 
I am I am Happy Steve. So settle in for Happy Steve. Also, um, I, I will say this: sometimes being a collector of stuff is hard. I I got. I, everyone knows that I'm broadcasting right now from the Goldverse Studios, a.k.a. the Star Wars room in my home. And from where I sit, there's always a clear view of a poster on the back door of the closet. It's I, Someone called out, Scott Rifen, um, who just has a steel trap and, and just knows more minutiae about certain things than I do. Look at that poster and said, oh, is that by so-and-so? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, it's just a poster. I liked it. I saw it at Kmart and I picked it up for like three bucks and, and like a, and I, and, and I've got a few posters hung up kind of old school, you know, just thumbtacked to the door. And so I'm looking at it and it's got all the Star Wars characters arrayed on it, you know, just in, in various states of poses and that sort of thing. And I, I mean, like when I say all, I'm looking right now in the upper right hand corner at Orn Free Tie, you bounce over to the left hand corner. There's Dexter Jetster. Coming on down to Jabba, Anakin uh, in three different phases, from Child Anakin to Jedi Anakin to Darth Vader. Uh, George Lucas is even on there. It's just a, it's a neat little poster with all kinds of characters and whatnot on there. I'm looking at that, and, and if my eyes scan around, there's a giant Adad, a giant Millennium Falcon, an Ewok village, um, some Empire Strikes Back stuff. All the Jedi stuff is behind me where I can't quite see it. There's a vintage Millennium Falcon sitting on top of a a shelf right here near the computer that I can easily see. And and I'm just, you know, it, it's it's the Star Wars room. But there was a time where I was really hot and heavy collecting. Um, you know, people would say that I do now, but I really don't. I don't pick up that much anymore. I don't really buy. And so because of that, I had a friend who worked with a company that um, distributes all the DVDs and stuff to different retailers and he had some promotional material that he gave me some stand-ups and some you know that sort of thing so i've got a yoda stand-up that advertises the attack of the clones dvd and then on midnight madness for revenge of the sith uh i talked to the people at the walmart in the town i was living at the time and i've got a a darth vader stand-up that sits out in the hallway of my home now that's where i'm getting to Sometimes being a collector can be dangerous because you get stuff like that. I've never been a fan of these stand-ups. Never, ever, ever, because they're kind of life-size. Darth Vader's a little bit shorter than what he normally would be, but he still looks like, you know, a regular-sized person. So I'm standing here. I'm standing here. Uh, Last night in in the Star Wars room, I was doing some stuff. I've been working on on streamlining the feed situation for, for iTunes and that sort of thing for the podcast. So that this episode of Geek Out Loud should be the first of the rest of Geek Out Louds that go out on its own feed. If you're subscribed to Geek Out Loud, uh, instead of getting Mark Out Loud, Disney Vault Talk, Rock Out Loud, know what I'm saying, on the same feed. From here on out, you should only get uh, Geek Out Loud on this feed. So um, so I've, I've been in there doing this. It was kind of late. I was texting back and forth with, with a friend, and and uh, and I get ready to go to bed. And, and the way my house works is... Is uh, is if you walk into my house from the front porch, you walk into the living room area, immediately into the living room, which I also affectionately refer to as the great room. That's how it's set up on the old Apple TV. Uh, and you can take a right out of the living room into a small hallway. And this hallway is uh, on one end is, is the room in which I'm sitting now. On the other end is my bedroom. 
So my bedroom light was on, and uh, the light, for some reason, the overhead light in here was off, maybe. Um, I'd stepped out, I'd turned the light off, I came back in, and the monitor was on, so I'm like, well, I'll just go turn the monitor off. So I come in, I turn the computer monitor off, and as I turn around, in the hallway there, I've got behind some stuff, the Darth Vader stand-up I just mentioned. And for like the briefest of moments, it's like, oh my gosh, someone has snuck into my house without me knowing it, and they're standing right there. And I kind of froze. And the and the dilemma is, is I got nothing within arm's reach of me except a Master FX lightsaber hanging up over the window to this office. So I'm getting ready to just pull out a light. Pull out a plastic lightsaber and go off on somebody. I'm like, bring it, I'm a Jedi. I'm a fat, the fattest Jedi you've ever seen. And then I realized, oh no, that's just Darth Vader. So it would have been appropriate. Would have been appropriate to pull out the old lightsaber and go for it. So um but so yeah, so you gotta be careful with your geek stuff. You gotta keep it in check and make sure you remember where you put everything when when you do the collecting and, and such as. So I want to say thanks to everyone who's uh, supported the show by clicking on the Amazon links at uh, geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. If you do that, if you sh- if you use those links and shop through those, then um, it, it, then you uh, <laughs> I just got derailed by the chat. I'm not going to uh, say who or what or what the case may be. Um, Anyhow, if you when you when you go to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com, then click on those Amazon links and do your Amazon shopping. It always helps us out just a little bit. Uh, they they throw a little bit back to the show, and and uh, so if everyone shops at Amazon, if you uh, if you're shopping at Amazon, just go instead of clicking on instead of typing in amazon.com, type in geekoutpodcast.com, and right there on the right hand side, you'll see an Amazon link. All you got to do is click on it. And um, when you do that, you and do your shopping, you help the show. And apparently, apparently, you're supposed to clear, clear your cookies before you do that. I'm not sure. I don't know how that works, but just saying. Uh, but we appreciate it, uh, and and thank you for doing that. Also, a huge special thank you to everyone who supports us via Patreon.com at Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutLoud. You guys are the lifeblood that keeps the Goliverse going. You have no idea what you mean to me. And I and this is not just me saying, hey, we need more people over there. I'm saying thank you so much for doing this. It, it is huge. Our feature support this week is actually good friend Daniel and Indy. Daniel is a master of disguise due to his ability to morph into anyone or anything perfectly. He also does great voices. Daniel and Indy. Patreon supporter of the week, and we appreciate his support, as do we appreciate the support of everyone who helps us out at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We just put out this past week the Avengers uh, commentary. Not my best work, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of people were saying they enjoyed it, and I appreciate that. I thank thank you for that. I just feel like it wasn't my best work because it, it was a gush fest, because Avengers is, to date, my favorite superhero um superhero movie for those of you who are at the 15 dollars level or higher t-shirts have been ordered i was talking to michael cohen uh off air the other night about this situation and finally uh i i got some communication from 
um, the uh, the printer and and hopefully they're in production and we'll be getting those out very very soon. I'm really excited. January 24th, mark the day on your calendar. January 24th. Now my birthday, as I mentioned, is January 25th. Send cards and gifts appropriately. Um, January 25th is my birthday, but on January 24th, that's Saturday, we're doing our second ever Goliverse Marathon. And because it's my birthday, I wanted to do a charity marathon for my birthday. Not for me. It's not It's not the Steve Glosson charity. We're going to be uh, working with a charity that helps out uh, families of, of uh, children with cancer. And um, they're, they're kind of local to where I am, not far away from where I am, and great people. Uh, last year experienced the loss of a child to cancer and um, and from there they decided they wanted to be a blessing to other people who are going through the same thing so this is uh, it's a charity set up by them we're in, we're working out details so we can set up a team giving page that day and uh, on the 24th we'll be doing um, uh, a charity marathon we'll start at 10 a.m. Eastern time with the big honking show and we're going to roll through all of the Goliverse shows that day uh, uh, that the co-hosts are available to, to, to co-host with. So uh, we've already got Rock Out Loud and Vault Talk lined up. Mark Out Loud is lined up. Of course, Geek Out Loud will be on the slate there. Maybe a little Steve Star Wars Corner. And then we'll close out that night the same way we did last time with a big honking show. Call in spectacular. January 24th, mark the day, mark the day, mark the day. It's going to be a good day uh, and a good place to give um, to a good charity that's helping people out uh, who are in need of it. So January 24th, the second ever Goliverse Marathon. This time, uh, it's for charity. Let's jump into some emails. Not a lot of emails this go around. The first one was sent in as we were doing the last show. Um, it's from Daniel and Indy. He says, hey, Steve, I'm here to confess something about the prequels. Part of me doesn't consider episode two and three canon. To the point that if Disney said they were going to canonize The Phantom Menace as an origin standalone film and redo the story of episode two and three as a new trilogy, I'd be okay with it. Now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I feel like Daniel is uh, punking me. I feel like he's trying to poke the bear. Um, after the backlash from Idiots over episode one, things changed story-wise. The main thing being Jar Jar's role in the films. Thinking back to about how his character is originally presented to us, he was clearly reduced to please self-hating fans for episode two and three. This changes the dynamics between all the characters, thus changes the way the story plays out, which means Lucas is original story was no longer in the house uh, but became a mixture of canon and fan fiction it may be the story george always intended i don't know and this is not to say i don't like episodes two and three but i'll always consider what might have been and that's from daniel um i jar jar is is the main reason for this <laughs> misa sad misa got cut out of episode two and three um Jar Jar was not in episode three at all, except for like one quick scene. In episode two, of course he was there. He was there at the opening, and he is the person who, he's the, 
he's representing Padme in the Senate and and moves to give the Chancellor emergency powers uh, for the crisis that's happening, and um, which is a pretty big deal, pretty big role. I don't know that there was anything else for Jar Jar to do. Episode 3 is so focused in on the Jedi and Anakin that even the Padme stuff got cut. There's a lot of deleted scenes on the Revenge of the Sith uh, DVD and Blu-ray that that concern kind of the formation of what would eventually be the Rebellion. And that's a lot of Padme's story in that movie, but there was so much to do with the Jedi and the Sith and Anakin that it had to get kind of moved to the side. What's interesting about the prequels is is it starts it's it's interesting because it it does start even on a with broader strokes than what Star Wars the original Star Wars began episode 4 um episode the original trilogy maintains a very small uh, viewpoint of what's going on you know you get the view from the main characters Luke Leia Han and and you move forward and with Episode 1, you realize immediately that you're dealing with things on a larger galactic proportions. So a lot of times these characters get kind of, I don't want to say pushed to the side, but they do, it's like if if there's not anything specific for you to do, we're going to move along. Jar Jar had some specific stuff he had to do in Episode 1. Jar Jar is the reason the Gungans came up out of the swamps to help fight the droid army. You know, he brought those people together. Um, he, him being around gave Padme the idea to reach out to the Gungans. So it's just, you know, he kind of had a reason for being around more than just comic relief. Same thing in episode two. In episode three, not much for him to do. Not a lot happening, um, for Jar Jar to do. Uh, Daniel Lenny says, I actually really like Jar Jar and he was sold to us as the Chewbacca of the prequels when he came, when episode one came out. Was he sold to us as the Chewbacca? I never felt like he was sold as the Chewbacca of the prequels. I, I and, and in fact, when you get to episode three, you find out that Chewbacca is the Chewbacca of the prequels. Am I right, everybody? Am I right? Yeah. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Um, I like Jar Jar, too. I, I've never had a problem with Jar Jar. A, a lot of people did. Jar Jar legitimately made me laugh in, in The Phantom Menace. He really did. And so I never had a problem with him, but I feel like what you end up with is just a story that he doesn't fit in by the time you get to Sith as it is. Um, you know, unless we could have seen, I would have liked to have seen some character growth and progression with him, but you do get to see that in the Clone Wars. And I think that's what that series did very well. All five seasons plus the Lost Mission, so I guess all six seasons did very well. They, um, they really filled in some, um, uh, Daniel Andy says, I'm just anti-gun guy. No, I'm not. I love Jar Jar. Uh, anti-gun guy. <laughs> You're anti-gun guy. Uh, would it be gun guy? Uh, it'd be gungan, but you know, if you want to change the terminology, gun guy. Anti-gun guy. Um, what was I saying? I, I totally got lost in Daniel's joke about being anti-gun guy. Anti-gun guy. Now I sound like... Did you ever see that movie, uh, Mars Attacks? That's how they talked. We come in peace. (laughs) Moving on. 
moving on from town to town. Um, I thought I had some another one. This is from Dewey. As we're since we're on the Star Wars podcast, Dewey the mailman chimes in and says, "Hey, I heard a local show here that asked the question: Is the Emperor or the Empire, for that fact, racist?" They ask this because there's so many other worlds and species, or there are so many other worlds and species in the galaxy. Why are there only human stormtroopers? You never see a Gungan uh, uh, trooper. Just a question for you. Is there an answer to this in the EU? Sincerely, Dewey the Mailman. In the EU, in what is now Legends, uh, it was mentioned several times that the Emperor was a bit specious, that he didn't care for anybody but humans. And so he really worked to get um, to get all the alien presence out of the Empire. It was mentioned a couple of times. Uh, that's why they were using Wookiees as slaves, even though Wookiees are not primitive. That Wookiees are very technologically savvy. That's why, in fact, in in the original expanded universe, Admiral Akbar was a slave, a servant to Grand Moff Tarkin for a while, and we know that Admiral Akbar is apparently a decent strategist. He's an animal, for crying out loud. It's a trap. So, yeah, that's why you see so many aliens fighting on the rebellion side, because the Empire was apparently very human-oriented. So, there you go. I don't think you'd call it racist, but definitely speciesist. Finally, the Admiral chimes in with a question. She says, quick question, Every and she and it's actually a confession. Every once in a while you play like a Spanish guitar version of the Terminator theme. Can you tell me where you got that? And that's from Alicia. I don't think you're talking about me. I really don't. Um, I was looking through to see what it might be, but I don't know that I have anything like that. I have the Terminator 3 theme... Which is just the classic Terminator stuff with a lot of, um, a lot of machines and such as in the background, as you can hear, uh, playing right now underneath me. But it never gets into a Spanish guitar kind of thing. Then I have this. I don't know what this is at all. Or if I've even ever played it, it's called Terminator Fusion. And see, it takes forever to get going. I don't know if there's anything in this or not. So no Spanish, no Spanish guitar, but definitely some uh, strings. I don't see how this is Terminator Fusion at all. Oh, there we go. I hear it now. Do, 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 do. not it there's another thing i play every now and again and this might be what you're there's only the only thing i could think that you're even coming close to talking about is this i 
this is uh, actually Zelda music. It's not Terminator at all. don't have anything else that's Terminator except uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles soundtrack which the Sarah Connor was by Bear McCreary um, and the only other thing I think I would have done this was was this and this this you barely hear the Terminator theme throughout it's called Samson Delilah it's actually performed by uh, Shirley Manson So yeah, I don't know. Um she was fine and fair. She had good Singing Shirley. Yeah. When he saw this woman, she looked so fine. she climbed up on Samson's knee. Said, tell me where your strength lies. So yeah, Alicia's been cheating on the Goldiverse with some other podcasts. I did, in my research, find this guy doing this. think about it i believe in the terminator 2 score that maybe or maybe it was the terminator score that at the end they do kind of play uh an acoustic guitar theme of that now i'm looking at now i'm getting all into some some youtube videos here with um piano covers and I just want to listen to some. Let's go down a term. Let's go down a Terminator rabbit hole really quickly, uh, with with stuff. Let's see what this is. This is the Terminator love theme, and it's interesting because someone's actually driving a jeep with the uh, camera put on the the windshield. And so it looks like it's Sarah Connor actually driving through the hills of, uh, well, California, I guess. But on the back roads, or maybe the desert, wherever she was going to. I thought she was headed to Mexico at the end of the Terminator. But this is kind of boring. Here's a piano version of the Terminator theme. And they put sound effects behind it. Mm 
we had a request in the chat. Let's talk the Terminator trailer, the new Terminator trailer. So let's do that. Let's let's give that a listen really quickly before we really talk it. It's geeking out loud. It's what we do sometimes. I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight, mankind dies with us. Now, what's interesting is is this shows a lot of things. It shows some 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 uh, ships flying over the Hollywood sign. Of course, you see John Connor's face is all messed up, a la what we kind of saw in the original Terminator. We see Judgment Day from up in space, that famous shot of all the nukes going all over the Earth. We have a room here of dangling feet, and uh, this reminds me of from actually Terminator Salvation when we first saw that Arnold version um, in Terminator Salvation, which was, to me, the best part. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir, let me save her. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. I like how they make him go back in time naked, apparently. He's shaking his hand, and obviously Kyle Reese is buck naked while John Connor's shaking his hand because, as you know, nothing inorganic gets across the time thing. So rather than waste clothes, it's like, well, you're going to be naked when you get there anyway. Uh, here, <laughs> just strip down. Thank you so much for your work, and uh, we really appreciate it. Time you going back to she was scared and weak. So now what's great here is is we see a lot of Kyle Reese, we see a lot of parallels to the original Terminator with him coming in and everything. He's running from that one Terminator. And this girl playing Sarah Connor looks like Linda Hamilton. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We? I've been waiting for you. And that shot of young Arnold kind of standing up in front of the crane and everything, compare that to his first arrival in the original Terminator. It's almost a, just a complete recreation of that shot. John sent you to it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. So it looks like, because of that, this really looks like it's going to end up being a mashup between Terminator 1 and 2. What? 
so yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. Um, it is. Uh, is that Khaleesi from? I didn't realize that's who that was. Khaleesi from uh, Game of Thrones. Wow, she looks great. Now what is this? I think I'm getting Rickrolled. Daniel Indy Rickrolled me. <laughs> Now, Alicia says she found it, and, um, where, let me find it. The end of the Skynext Terminator Salvation commentary. That's the song you want. Okay. Well, I will try to find that and, and figure out where, um, I'll try to find it and figure out where it is. I'll, I'll ask Derek where it is, because that's all Derek, uh, so I'll have to find out. Well, that is, wow, we went down a rabbit hole there with that. But, uh, yeah, Terminator Genesis, it looks it looks interesting. It's a good, it's a neat take on, it's a neat take on the Terminator franchise. Because you couldn't go back to the future and, and do that. I don't think you could have. I really don't. I think the interesting, I think what makes Terminator uh, interesting is the time travel aspect. Not necessarily the war aspect in the future. Um, so to have something go wrong and have Sarah already meet up with a Terminator who is the aged Arnold by you know by the time the original Terminator gets there, it's going to be a bit of a mind screw. But at the same time, it's going to be a neat take. And what's really cool is what you could do with this. And I don't know, you know, how much how well versed if you will the writers of this movie and the producers of this movie are in the fullness of the terminator universe and franchise because and let's be honest it's a dirty franchise it's it, there's been so many reboots and reclaim i mean they they've just they, let's we'll forget this we'll forget that we'll undo this we'll undo that so so i don't know it'd be interesting to see summer glau show up at some point it'd be interesting to see Sir shirley manson's model show up it's just a really neat thing that we could actually see um, a lot of the elements of stuff that we've loved before come into play. So it's it's a nice reboot in a neat way um, to get going. So that is a uh, huge derail uh, as accomplished by the Admiral in the chat at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. Congratulations, Admiral. I don't know what you get for derailing me for like five, ten minutes worth of time, but uh, but you win. You win that prize. So, well played. Well played, madam. Uh, I award you points. Points are yours. I hope that you enjoy them. Um, before we jump into our snippets, uh, we're going to take a break, but I also want to tell you guys, we've played a, a, a song by these guys before, and I've just heard uh more and more about them and 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 they were suggested to me the other night and something i was looking at and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna see what this is all you know i'm gonna see if i like anything else by these guys and sure enough i do it's a group called no more kings um they did the sweep the leg song uh if you check out uh their the the video for it it's actually almost a a sequel a long game sequel to the karate kid series uh, with all of the original Cobra Kai, Daniel uh, shows up in there. It's it's a pretty fun video. You should check it out. It's called Sweep the Leg by No More Kings. Um, this is a uh, Dungeons & Dragons theme song called Critical Hit. Critical Hit. 
Coming soon to Kenner, the new Play It Out Loud line of toys. You can be the amazing Big Honkin'. I'd be glad that. Become your favorite heroes. Mano, mano, mano. Superman, Superman, Superman! Hello, lady. Act out your favorite adventures. I'm not a lady, Kenner's Play It Out Loud. Buck Thompson, Bigfoot, and Edna Playset sewed separately. Now you have the power of the Gulliverse in your hands. It's that time of year again, and you might be wondering where to go in the Hazelhurst area for your home supplies. Well, we asked a few of your neighbors. Sir, where do you go? Pissanky? Well, hey there, folks. It looks like you're planning to remodel your toilet to make it handy capable. Where did you go? Pissanky. Hey, sir, I know you have a lot of plastic knives and duct tape. Where'd you go to get those? Pissanky. I can't help but notice you're looking for a new hammock, sir. Can I ask why? My hammock's been tainted by a bear. Um, okay. Is there anything I can help you with, sir? Get off my lawn! Pissanky, for all your home improvement ideals. Mm-mm-mm. This is not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller. It wasn't any coral reef. And it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark. No swimming. By order of the Amity PD. We will be open for business. Now, if you fellas are concerned about the beaches, you do whatever you have to to make them safe. Summer is over. You're the mayor of Shark City. These people think you want the beaches open. I, I was, I was, I was acting in the, in the town's best interest. That's right, you were acting in the town's best interest, and that's why you're going to do the right thing. That's why you're going to sign this, and we're going to pay that guy what he wants. This summer, a danger from below meets the savior of the night. You know, man, we've been at war. Since before either of us even existed. You try killing my mother. You killed my father. You will not kill me. You'll come for the music. You're going to need a bigger boat. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll get the bad boat. But you'll stay for the adventure. Oh, boys. I think he's come back for his noon feeding. Evasive maneuvers now! That's straight! That's just straight! Now we're the hell are we, huh? We stay the course! We are dead! Batman vs. Jaws, come this summer. Imagine owning the world's greatest songs by the greatest voice of our generation. In a once-in-a-lifetime collection, Big Honkin' Music presents the ultimate gloss and collection, 36 beautiful songs. 
sung by our favorite artist, Steve Glosson, on two CDs for just $26.99. Everybody, wherever you're at, hands Ultimate Glosson Collection is not sold in stores. Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Flicks. Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters, such as... Captain America, Winter Soldier. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Amazing Spider-Man. Godzilla. Dolphin Tale 2. What? No, why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway, we don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars, featuring Steve Lawson. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. Now, why should you listen to our show out of all the other movie review podcasts out there? Because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glosson comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude? Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flick's podcast, because we know Steve.
Geek Out Loud comes back with a little bit of rock sugar. It's the un- you know what? It's the unofficial house band of the entire Goldiverse. Here we go. And if you know it, everybody. Everybody's working for the weekend. Up That's when we record. Everybody wants a new romance. Everybody's going off the deep end. Everybody needs a second chance. Sometimes you just got to jam, though, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you just got to throw up the horns and jam out with some rock sugar. Turn it up. Snippet time. Snippet, snippet, snippet. 
right, snippet time. Uh, just a few snippet. This has been a rumor uh, going around today. Spider-Man is uh, going to make his way to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sony and Marvel Studios have worked out their stuff to get Spider-Man involved. Now, it was originally, as I believe, reported on Latino Review. Uh, ComingSoon.net has a story up about it. And, uh, man, people were spoiling the heck out of some Phase 3 stuff through this. Apparently. Apparently. Um... So Latino Review, who always has the inside info um, of everything, you know, and I'm not, look, I'm not going to be calling them out, that sort of thing, but uh, I'm just going to say, just going to say that that other websites have checked up on their sources and Sony is telling them it's just a rumor. Um, comingsoon.net says they've reached out to a variety of sources, all of whom claim that the following is no more than a rumor. So don't, don't get your hopes up is all I'm saying. And here's the thing. What they were saying was that Spider-Man wasn't going to be around until Avengers Infinity War, which at this point makes very little sense. Um, unless he showed up maybe the tail end of Captain America's Civil War. Spider-Man was a key player in the Civil War storyline. And because he was like the one hero who needed to unmask to the world. And he's so bought into Tony Stark's version of things. By this point, Spider-Man was an Avenger. And he bought into what Stark had for him and, and, and wanted people to do. And it was a big deal because the whole... The whole idea behind Peter Parker's secret identity has always been the, the the desire to protect the people closest to him. So, you know, it wasn't all about his own self-protection. It was about protecting Aunt May. It was about protecting Mary Jane. It was about protecting the people at the Daily Bugle. All the people that were closest to him, Gwen, all the people that were close to him, it was all about their protection. So when he took off that mask, he was putting all those people in the crosshairs. But um, but it really made for compelling stuff with Civil War. Now, they undid all that in the comics with a situation called uh, Brand New Day. Excuse me. <coughs> and, um, and now he's back to having a secret identity. Um, but that's just a rumor, that, that them working things out. We, it's, it's pretty much confirmed, that they, especially after all the Sony leaks and everything, it's been confirmed that they were trying to work everything else everything out with that i know that way back they it was mentioned the reason that marvel has daredevil now which will be airing on netflix uh in april beginning in april they well i don't say beginning in april it's going to be available on netflix in april so um it uh they fox had daredevil follow me follow me here fox had daredevil and Marvel went to them as as the Daredevil rights were getting ready to run out for Fox and said, we'll let you keep Daredevil if you give us Silver Surfer. And Fox said, no way, we're not doing that. We've got plans for the Silver Surfer. I don't know that they did have plans, but they definitely had plans for a Fantastic Four movie, which is slated to come out this year. Um, and Silver Surfer's tied into that franchise. So... Marvel got Daredevil back. And so now this Daredevil series is going to hit on Netflix in April. And um, 
and I think that Fox may end up regretting <laughs> just seeing what they could do, which which comes to an interesting discussion because it seems like the only studio getting superhero movies on the nose on the button is Marvel is is the Marvel Studios. Um, Nolan did it for a minute with Batman. Um, people are mixed; they're they're split down the middle on Man of Steel. People pretty much widely pan uh, Green Lantern and man uh, the X-Men movies are hit or miss for a lot of people so you know it's like two out of well let me see four out of five is not bad and that's how many I really really enjoy I need to I don't need to I want to revisit Days of Future Past to kind of see if if it sets well on a second viewing I've only seen it once but so right now I'm at four out of five. If you count the Wolverine movies, I didn't have a problem with either one of the Wolverine movies. They're not my favorite, just because Wolverine's not my favorite character. But they were, you know, pretty good outings. But you look at the Ghost Rider movies; they were both. Yeah, I didn't see the second one, which is strange because that was that came out at time when I was trying to get to every hero movie that was out there. Um, but the first one was just it was okay, you know. It was Ghost Rider, I guess. It's Nick Cage. You know, playing Ghost Rider. I didn't see the second one. The second one, when I saw Ghost Rider peeing fire on some, I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, I don't, I don't care to see this. Um, but the only studio that seems to be getting it on the nose as far as the presentation of these characters on the big screen is Marvel. You know, in my opinion, and Sony has been hit or miss with the Spider-Man franchise. The first Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, was mind blowing. But I think it was mind blowing because they hit all the right numbers. When you go back and watch it, it it it's a little bit hollow. Um, they missed a real cool opportunity with Willem Dafoe, whose face can be. I mean, when he contorts his face and something, he looks like the Green Goblin, you know. So, but they put him in this in this static mask that doesn't move and and just you know was kind of a letdown but it, it was still a great movie Spider-Man 2 was fantastic I was sad that Doc Ock died in the end but it was fantastic now Spider-Man 3 as we found out via the Patreon commentaries not so great I liked Amazing Spider-Man I have not seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 again since I watched in the theater and it's and I came out of there saying it made me feel different things at different moments there were so many moments I got right but then there were other things that just like yeah and so it's one I feel like I need to revisit just to kind of see what I think upon a second viewing. So, but but still, widely, by the masses, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2 are pretty much panned. And, and I feel, and then you see what Sony's plans are going forward with the Spider-Man franchise. And I feel like they don't quite get it. There's something they can't quite get their finger on when it comes to the Fantastic Four Scott Riefen and I talked about this. I can't sit here and tell you why those movies don't really hit home with me. Scott mentioned he thinks it's because they got away from the fantastic part of the Fantastic Four. I'll get into some of this in a minute uh, with another snippet, but I feel like that's that's partly true. When you get ready to go superhero, you've got to commit all the way. I really think that's the key. I think you've got to commit all the way. You've got to say this is this is kind of ridiculous. This is this is out there, but people are going to see something that's out there. People are going to see a movie about people with superpowers. And that's fine. That's fine. Um 
so <clears throat> I guess what I'm saying is, is I think if Marvel is, is trying to, I think Marvel Studios is really on the business side of things. They recognize that the most iconic character in the Marvel universe, hands down, bar none, even with the success of what they've done in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the most iconic character out there is Spider-Man. He is Marvel's poster boy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And when Spider-Man's done right, Spider-Man is an amazing... Did not mean to use... I was trying not to say fantastic again. Uh, but he's he's an awesome character. Um, It's just the small little hits and misses there. Andrew Garfield, I liked as Peter Parker. I liked him... You know, a lot of people had a problem, you know, that he was too cool for school, but it, the school he was at was made up of, you know, apparently it was one of those uh, charter kind of schools, I guess. I don't know where, like, a lot of smart kids go. There were a few things you had to kind of stretch, but then they wanted to do this whole connected universe. And the problem with doing that sometimes is that if you're in a small universe, like what they were what they were trying to contain Spider-Man in without the larger Marvel Universe... When you connect things, it's all just ends up being too convenient, rather than having team ups and crossovers and that sort of thing. Um, so I say all that to say, rumor today is what it's come out is that this was a rumor. However, it could be uh, Sony doing some damage control and Marvel Studios doing some damage control on getting uh, leaked information out there that they'd rather hold off and make a big announcement about it down the road. Which is fine. I don't blame them at all. Deny, deny, deny. So that when it does come to fruition, they can be like, oh, yeah, we were just kidding. It is true. Um, and it's exciting stuff. And, and and it's a neat, if it pans out that they are just denying to keep from, you know, putting all their cards out on the table, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of synergy that creates between these studios and what Sony does. With, if this changes their plans with Spider-Man or if we're just introduced to a whole new Spider-Man character down the road. Um, <laughs> this is Daniel and Andy speaking, everybody. He says, I'll give you the right words for the state of Spider-Man. It feels like it's been handled like a DC property. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I, I wouldn't go that far at all. Alicia in the chat referring to Peter Parker's uh, uh, school says, it's a movie school. No movie school is anything like a real life school. <laughs> That's true. I can't deny that at all. No school on TV or the movies is like, my school was so boring compared to all these other schools with their cool lockers that were as tall as people. And like you could live in those things. The lockers at our school was just like a little box that you might be able to stack some books in. In fact, I don't think my senior year I ever went to my own locker. I think I just kept books in other people's lockers. And um, and that's and that's how I did back then. That was back when they let you actually keep your books and you have lockers. Nowadays, I don't think students even have lockers anymore. So, um, <clears throat> anyhow, moving uh, right along, as they say, snippet. Agent Carter has aired its second week. I haven't finished uh, this third, what is probably the third episode of Agent Carter yet. I really dig what they're doing with this character. There was some surprise in the chat last week when I talked about this actually takes place before that Marvel one-shot they did about Agent Carter. And the way you know that is that she's not in charge. Uh, Howard And Howard Stark is on the run. I think it's going to be interesting to see the evolution of this character. And I would hope that they would direct us to a one-shot. Or maybe they're doing... Um, 
doing a doing maybe a retcon of that one shot. That's the only thing about once you've kind of trickled in stuff about these kind of characters, is is sometimes you end up retconning things when you start start to tell more stories. This is you know this is a prequel. There's not a lot of uh, you know you're not going to see a lot of your superheroes in here. It's going to be very it's going to be very Agents of Shieldish in the fifties and. You know they're doing a great job of having this balance of Agent Carter being a strong female character in in a time that is dominated by men, and the men are just being very dismissive of her. Uh, there was a heartbreaking scene in this most recent episode where she intentionally um, did something to ruin their investigation or their interrogation rather of Jarvis, and I kind of stopped watching right after that to get over here and do the podcast, but. Um, but she still affected, even though she did it on purpose and she knew what that was going to do to her in that office, uh, she she went ahead and did it. And I think it speaks volumes of the characters. So I've announced this is this a one season thing. It's an eight episode. It's like a mini series is basically what they're doing for the hiatus of S.H.I.E.L.D. The numbers have been great, apparently, from what I understand. And I think it's awesome because I hope what this encourages Marvel Studios to do are other miniseries, not just with Agent Carter, but with other characters along the way. I'd love to see a Black Widow mini. Uh, do a Black Widow eight-episode miniseries uh, next year in the hiatus, you know, in the winter hiatus. I think that'd be fantastic. Do a Hawkeye, if you can get Jeremy Renner in to do something like that. Do a Hawkeye thing. Do a Hulk eight-episode miniseries. You know, they they talked about bringing the Hulk to TV again. Uh, Guillermo de Guillermo, I can never say his name, Del Toro, was going to, was was attached to that for a while and it never really went anywhere. I was super excited about it. But see if you can't nail these people down and do something like that and make some connective tissue. Even if you do a, a flashback with like Black Widow, tell some of her backstory and that sort of thing. Uh, same thing with uh, Renner. I, I think it'd be great. Um, and 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 I don't know what Marvel's planning along those lines. Uh, so it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if the numbers stay up for this, if it's if if audiences stay engaged, and uh, what happens with the Netflix stuff to see how well received that is, and to see how good they do with Daredevil and the following cast of characters: Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, it's at all. Um, really excited about Christopher Kristen Ritter being uh, cast as Jessica Jones. Um, I can't think of the guy's name right off the top of my head. Who has who was cast as Luke Cage, but he looks great for the role. It's they they seem to be doing things spot on, and you know, as much as last week we were talking about the Ant Man trailer, and I was talking about how I'm kind of confused as to what it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to end up, and and how well received it may be. You know, I've, I've got my concerns about Ant Man. Um, apparently it's going to be very connective tissue-y. It's going to be very Iron Man 2-ish in the way that it kind of b- bridges the gaps between Phase 2 and Phase 3. It's not really a Phase 3 movie, but it's also not really a Phase 2 movie. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. It's going to be interesting to see. We've seen Ivan Vanko um, a little bit here in Agent Carter. I think we have, or we're going to, or some such. Uh, apparently he's going to be making an appearance in, uh, in, 
in Ant-Man in a flashback scene, Hank Pym's going to have connections to Stark. He's going to have connections to the SSR and Shield or the SSR, the SR and yeah, SSR, right? Yeah, and Shield. It's it's going to be. They're doing a lot, and it and it's very comic bookish in what they're doing. You know, comic books would throw out these miniseries that would either tie into. Um, some stuff that was going on or, and I mean, and I don't mean like in the days of like the huge crossovers where they just put out a one shot. Um, I'm thinking of like, we were introduced to a group called damage control back during the acts of vengeance. Damage control is a team that's set up specifically to rebuild places when superheroes have fights and that sort of thing. They're funded, uh, you know, via, um, via some federal insurance or some such. And, and, and so they come in and they fix things up quickly they do damage control. Um, and, and, and these are characters that were introduced and it was just a neat kind of behind the scenes, you know, kind of off to the side look at, uh, the Marvel universe that you also see different mini series that take place that have ramifications down the road that'll get referenced and that sort of thing. So I, I love this concept. I love, um, I love this idea. So, uh, Agent Carter hopefully continue going strong by the numbers. I know creatively in this third episode, it's really, uh, really strong to me. Our final snippet. Um, man, I'm loving the Marvel Unlimited app, and I have been just diving into comics, even comics that I would not normally pick up and buy. I'm, I'm taking the time to sit and read either uh, during lunch, you know, once once we're finished up with our lunchtime at work, um, or, you know, in the evenings as I'm kind of winding down, I'll just sit and, and scroll through and read some comics. I've been reading, of course, I've been reading Hulk. Hulk is really interesting. They've, been, they've had an interesting thing going with him. I got worried last year with some stuff they were putting out um, where maybe it was two years ago. But Bruce Banner and the Hulk had been separated. Bruce went nuts and basically became a bad guy and pulled an island of Dr. Moreau kind of thing. They got reintegrated, and instead of seeing things from the the eyes of Bruce Banner like we normally do, where Bruce would wake up kind of disoriented, not knowing where he was, we ended up having that happen with the Hulk, where he would Hulk out and not know where he was and what was going on. And it was it was a story called Stay Angry, where he had to figure out what Bruce was doing because Hulk was not dumb Hulk at this point. He had to figure out what Bruce was doing when he wasn't around. And uh, it was a neat take on that whole situation. Then we moved into the Indestructible Hulk, which was um, Bruce went to Shield and said, "I'm tired of trying to cure myself. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be your greatest weapon, but I want the ability, and I want a team, a research team." And I want to be creating things and doing things to help humanity and put my mind to work to something other than curing me. And uh, when you need the Hulk, we'll let him out and, and he'll smash for you. But the deal is, is I'm going to con- I'm gonna, I want a place to do the work that I want to do to impact and help humanity. And, uh, and, and he had a nice little team and a cast of characters that, that surrounded him. And then he got shot in the head. And that's where I'm at right now in the reading of my Hulk comics is Bruce Banner is brain damaged um, it's pretty severely. And so they're just trying to keep him calm. They put him in, they, they put him in a little town. S.H.I.E.L.D. set up a town where he could just kind of live a little normal life with this family that kind of adopted him and, 
and um, you know, and, and he's basically a special needs person uh, who, when he gets mad, turns into the Incredible Hulk. And so, of course, things go wrong, you know. And uh, so, I've been reading that, really digging that. I've been reading the Amazing Spider-Man. I, I told you guys a while back about the Superior Spider-Man and how they ended that story perfectly. I mean, just fantastically with Superior Spider-Man. And that rolled into the Amazing Spider-Man with Peter Parker now dealing with the ramifications of what happened while he was out of the picture and Otto Octavius was in control of his body. And he's Peter Parker. He's funny. He's making jokes. He's he's doing the Spider-Man thing. And he's trying to put the pieces of his life back together um, and continue where Doc Ock left off. And because Doc Ock was doing some pretty intense stuff in a good way. Uh, he got Peter his doctorate. He did all this crazy stuff. And so Peter's jumping off that. And it's a neat take on The Amazing Spider-Man. And it's been a really fun read. The other thing I've been reading uh, is The Fantastic Four. Uh, Fantastic Four was always in my reading rotation back in the day, and, and so nothing new there for me. However, what they're doing with the Fantastic Four is a little bit off-putting to me. Um, I'm not a fan of... And, and again, I'm in the middle of the story, so I don't know if it turns out good or not. I'm not a fan of doing the worst possible things to our heroes' personal lives, Um and completely upsetting them personally so that, you know, we can tell a compelling story. I'm just not a fan of that. I do do to them terrible things from supervillains and make them have to overcome. I don't like superheroes getting drug into court because, well, there's been a lot of property damage or someone got hurt in this instance or that instance. But uh, what they did is they literally had a, had an issue where the Fantastic Four were in court for these things. And, and they were going all the way back to Fantastic Four number one to when the Fantastic Four first kind of revealed themselves to the world and some stuff that happened there. And and what was on the page then, just cool moments, you know, when you go back and read FF number one and and you see just, you know, the thing when he's in a men's store trying to buy clothes for himself and he's all up in his he's got a trench coat on and sunglasses and a hat and so the guy can't really see him and and um and he's like we just don't have anything in your size well reed richard sends up the fantastic flare and instead of uh trying to squeeze out the door nicely the thing just kind of busts through it's like oh it's too small and and keeps going and and they bring that kind of stuff up and so it's really, um, you know, it's kind of an intriguing thing, and I really appreciate it, um, the fact that they're they're bringing in deep history, you know, from the Fantastic Four. I don't like that they're using it to break this whole team down. They took the children away. Um, their daughter has decided to go live with Doctor Doom, and she's actually getting Doctor Doom to do nice things for people. Uh, which is pretty cool, you know, it's fine. Um, you know, there'll be a moment, I think, when that snaps. But meanwhile, the Fantastic Four is just in complete disarray. You know, Reed and Sue, like I say, had lost... They had a group set up called the Future Foundation, which were all the most intelligent kids in the world. And they kind of took them in as a family and were raising them as their own and encouraging them to grow... Super geniuses, basically. And, of course, their son Franklin's part of that. And um, and they've been taken away. And I don't like stuff like that. It's too real. You know, it's too kind of, it's like, 
let's not do this like it, it was the real world. Let's just have people be like, yeah, there were people hurt, but thank God it could have been a lot worse, you know. But, you know, if it turns out for the better, if they if they swing back around and end up, you know, doing some good stuff with it, then I'm, I'm there. I'll be down for that ride. Um, also been reading the Avengers title which is there's so many Avengers titles I never really know which one to read so I'm just reading Avengers and some interesting stuff going on there there's still all these ramifications that are left over from like Civil War and Secret Invasion there's this group called the Illuminati in the Marvel Universe which is comprised of Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, uh, Professor X and Namor and I think T'Challa the Black Panther and uh, and and Captain America, they, they keep replaying the scene where Captain America uses an Infinity Gauntlet to use the Infinity Gauntlet to save the universe, basically, and in the meantime destroy the Infinity Gauntlet with only the Time Gem being left. And something happened where the Time Gem got blowed up real good, and so now they're kind of hopping through time. There was this great moment with. Captain America and future Franklin Richards from like 5,000 years into the future. And uh, they're on the ship and there's this giant tree there. And um, as Captain America begins to fade out for the next, a very quantum leapish fades out to the next leap, which he's hoping will be the leap home. Um, Franklin Richards says, I don't think he heard me at all. Do you? And the tree that's been sitting there the whole time as a tree says, I am Groot. And it's just this cool, sweet moment in, in the Avengers. And it's, so it's been pretty good reading. Now, again, these books are all six months behind or so because I'm reading them for free in the Marvel Unlimited app, $9.99 a month. Um, and uh, so I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff that's actually coming out this month or next. Star Wars is has coming back to Marvel, and they've apparently, they're ready to roll with their Star Wars title. And I am really looking forward to seeing what Marvel does with Star Wars and where it starts. And, you know, I, I assume this is all going to tie into um, into the uh, the story group uh, that they have and everything. Um, uh, so but so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. There, there's all those different variant covers that Alex Ross has done. One cover he did that is his version of the original Star Wars number one cover from back in the 70s. Um, looking forward, in about four months from now, Secret Wars begins. The new Secret Wars that Marvel is doing. And I'm really confused as to what's going on um, with that. But uh, but it's happening. Uh, so I'm, so we'll see. We'll see what takes place, takes place on that. And I'm reading a lot of other little stuff here and there, too. The Captain America title. Uh, Wolverine. Uh, I'm reading because it's leading up to his death, and so I want to check that out and kind of see how they play the death of Wolverine. He's lost his healing factor in the comics, and I'm sure that's going to have something to do with it. So, uh, yeah, totally into comics right now. I'm sorry if I bored anybody with all my droning on and on about comic books, but uh, Sci-Fi Now says DC gets no love. DC doesn't have an app like Marvel has. If DC had it, if if DC had an app comparable to Marvel Unlimited, I would be paying $9.99 a month for it as well. Um, because the last I left off in DC, um, I just can't afford to pay the price for comics monthly. I can pay $10 to read an unlimited amount of older comics, but I can't pay, you know, $3.99 an issue anymore for what I want to read. Um, 
when last I left off reading DC stuff, uh, Snyder was doing Batman. It was the uh, I finished up the not it, not Death in the Family, but um, it, the Return of the Joker basically storyline everything, which was outstanding. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm not saying DC comics aren't good. I'm telling you that the the Snyder Batman stuff was really good. Um, the Superman stuff is okay. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the characterization of Superman. And those were the two things I was really reading out of the DC stuff. So, um, so I will just, um, I will, uh, you know, as soon as DC puts out an app like that, I'm, I'm all about it, you know? So, and now, you know what? I'm going to do a new segment. I don't have music or anything for it, but I'm going to get into it right now. I don't know what to call this, and we won't be doing this every single episode. We'll be doing it uh, every two or three episodes, and and I hope to bring Eric Schonevice in with me on this stuff uh, because I love to talk movies with him, and uh, so I'm just going to have to start setting up a day to record with him uh, some stuff. Um, in, in 2014, 2014 was was a 30th anniversary year for a lot of movies that I absolutely love, and it never dawned on me to talk about those movies. So, rolling into 2015, I said, you know what, what movies came out in 85? Because I love the year of 1985. And, um... And so I said, you know what, this time around... In, 19, in, in 2015, I'm not going to miss these anniversaries. I'm not going to miss this great anniversary stuff. Um, because there's just a lot of great movies from 1985. And so I sat down uh, last night and got to look and to see what movies came out in 1985 that, uh, that I'm all about. And I said, well, why don't I look in 95 too? I graduated in 95. That's the graduation class in 95. <laughs> And uh, I thought I'd check that out and see, you know, see what we had then and, and just kind of talk about some of these movies that I loved from this, from these years and these decades. Then I realized, well, it's the 10th anniversary this year of some great movies as well. So we're just going to look at some of the big anniversary movies. And um, again, the reason I'm doing this is because I missed some great movies from 2014 to talk about it. it yeah, so movies that I could have devoted an entire episode to, and one of them we did. Um, but let me run down these movies real quick from 1984. Now, this is from 1984. Uh, Footloose, 1984. The Great Warrior Kevin Bacon, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, went to a town where everyone had sticks up their butts and taught them all the importance of dancing. Who put the sticks up their butt? That sounds really cruel. <laughs> Police Academy, 1984. It's the th- last year was the 30th anniversary of Police Academy. Good night. I love the Police Academy. The Police Academy movies for a lot of people have become a punchline now. You know, they talk about Michael Winslow, the guy who made all the noises. And and even Steve Gutenberg has, has become kind of a punchline these days. But Steve Gutenberg had gr- he was he was a great uh just that 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 kind of smart aleck 
comedy, you know, not quite the straight man, but the straight man, but still funny in those movies. Um, I loved Police Academy growing up and still do. Funny stuff to this day. Uh, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 1984. Nothing else to be said there. I mean, it's it's the Temple of, of Doom. It's the Temple of freaking Doom. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. The movie that everyone doesn't like that I like. Yeah, I like Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock much better than Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Ghostbusters was 1984. Now, Derek and I talked Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 earlier in 2014 um, when Harold Ramis passed away and uh, had a great time talking Ghostbusters on the show. And, and gosh, what a great movie Ghostbusters is. Um, Ghostbusters 2, in my opinion, just as good. But 30th anniversary last year of Ghostbusters. 30th anniversary last year of Gremlins. Why have I not done a Gremlins show? My Lanta. Gremlins and Gremlins 2 both are great. 30th anniversary last year of Karate Kid. Karate Kid is like a teenage Rocky. Karate Kid is good stuff. I know that Scott Riven doesn't like it, but Karate Kid 2 is good stuff. Cannonball Run 2. Now this, it's kind of funny to... <laughs> okay, alright. Cannonball Run 2 is one of those great movies that I don't know that will ever get anything like it again. Or maybe we have. I don't know. Um, it is... So many stars of the era were in Cannonball Run 2. It's just... It's 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 one... Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, you know. They've got the classic um, uh, outtakes at the end. It's just a... Just a fun movie. Here we go. Cannonball. They, uh, oh, so good. So good. Like they start out, it's a like they start out like a Lamborghini, and a cop's trying to catch him, and and it ends up being um, Catherine Bach, and I forget who else, but Daisy Duke of all people. And uh, but man, everyone's in this movie. Telly Savalas is in this thing. They stop at a 55 mile an hour speed limit sign. Ray Stevens did the theme song. And basically the premise of Cannonball Run is a bunch of people show up to race across the country for great riches. Great movie. Fun movie. Last Starfighter released in 1984. Last year was the 30th anniversary of The Last Starfighter. Great, great movie. Last year was the 30th anniversary of Muppets Take Manhattan. How did that get by me? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I just mentioned that because the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise, or maybe it was Nightmare on Elm Street 1, uh, became just... It exploded. Freddy became a household name in, in the same way that Jason was. 
and uh, also Supergirl, 1984. These are just a few of the highlights for me from 1984. Movies that I should have taken and talked about on the show and just it never occurred to me. Well, this year, uh, of course, 30 years ago was 1985. Uh, Steve was eight years old and um, <clears throat> and living large, man. 1985 was a great year. WrestleMania 1 debuted in, in March of that year. And uh, it, we were the heart of the rock and wrestling WWF stuff. But in February of that year, a movie called The Breakfast Club made its debut. Um, I would say, by the standards of 1985, very successful. Made over $45 million, almost $46 million. Um, and it's just... John Hughes, it's just a fantastic film. Um, it, it really captures the, uh, it, it, it captures what it is to be a teenager, not just a teenager in the eighties, but it captures what it is, what it was to be a teenager. Um, it, uh, I'm sorry, that 45 million is to date. It made in its initial release run $38 million, but still, psh, psh. Come on. Um, stayed in the theater for a good three months, you know, in 1985. And just really, uh, I'm sorry, it was a great movie. It was a fantastic film. Um, it, it The characters are a little bit one-dimensional, but they really do capture kind of the the different social groups, at least when I, from when I was in high school. You know, and that's why I feel like it's pretty timeless. Even with the, uh, even with the hairdos and everything else, it, it's just it's a timeless movie because because the issues that kids face then are still the issues that kids face now. The social group stuff, the there there's I mean, they talk openly about abuse. They talk openly, of course, they talk openly about drug use and stuff, and they 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 talk openly about you know how it feels to be. Uh, kind of locked into this, the pressures of trying to be the perfect student, the pressures of trying to be a perfect kid. They talk about divorce. They talk about, um, you know, the pressures of, of maintaining even the, the image of being kind of the odd person out, you know, the, the pressures of being a, a, a student athlete. It's all there in, in presented in a, in a comedy, in a funny way, but it's got so much heart, so much heart to it. Um, Let's see, uh, classic trailer. Here we go. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <coughs> Cheeks. And I hold they smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm an nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez 
Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. And of course, it ends, you know, with uh, with that great song by Simple Minds uh, that I played just a moment ago. You know, the idea that these kids spent, eight, and it happens, you know, you get stuck anywhere with someone for, you know, a, an extended amount of time. You start to get to know each other, and these kids end up opening up to one another, and just because they need someone to latch on to. And the people you think would get together at the beginning don't end up getting together. It's different. It's a different thing. And, and just like uh, Molly Ringwald tells Ali Sheedy there, she says, why are you being so nice to me? And Molly Ringwald says, because you'll let me. And there's just some huge kind of truths that, that just speak universally throughout time. And it, John Hughes, of course. I mean, you can't say enough about the work of John Hughes. Uh, you know, from, from stuff like this, right, to planes, trains, and automobiles, even Home Alone. You know, he just knew how to uh, to bring the best uh, tearjerkers out of, out of some comedic stuff. 30 years ago in February, The Breakfast Club. 20 years ago this year, uh, Billy Madison. And I do, I think that was January of 1995. Now, Billy Madison, funnily enough, funnily? Funny, funny enough, Billy Madison wasn't... Um, fully on my radar until now that was February of 95 as well until like 96, 97 ish. I, the first Adam Sandler movie I watched was happy Gilmore. Um, but man, Billy Madison is just, it may be that I'm nostalgic. I was, see, I was thinking about this stuff because, um, because I was thinking, uh, trying to remember like when dumb and dumber was released and I've not seen dumb and dumber too. Because the the previews just look, I'm like, oh my gosh, it just looks silly. It looks stupid. It doesn't even look silly. It just looks dumb. You know, it looks like they're just rehashing that first movie. And to this day, I think Dumb and Dumber is a masterpiece. <laughs> and so I wonder if there's like just some just some nostalgia there of being that being just in the right age group. You know that that uh, that that seventeen to you know thirty ish kind of age group when these movies came out originally of just loving but billy madison is just hilarious i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul adam sandler at some of his best um <clears throat> 10 years ago two huge movies that we'll definitely devote shows to later on uh this year revenge of the sith and batman begins what more to be said um We'll definitely talk in depth some Revenge of the Sith later on this year, and we'll talk in depth Batman Begins. Batman Begins remains um, probably my favorite of that of the Dark Knight trilogy of Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I I think it just is a it's with the exception a little shaky cam in some of those fight scenes. It's almost a perfect movie. It's got just it's to me it's just fan freaking tastic, and so. Um, so we'll definitely talk some of that down the road, but, uh, but really focus, man, breakfast club, it's of, of the movies mentioned, um, outside of revenge of the Sith. Um, it just has the most legs on it to me because it's one of these that is absolutely timeless. 
I don't think that you could... Obviously, at some point, someone's going to try to remake The Breakfast Club, and it's just going to fall short. It's just going to fall short. Um, or maybe it won't. Unless If they just do a shot-for-shot remake with some different characters, sure. You know, different actors in the role, sure. But I, I just think that this movie is timeless, regardless of the wardrobes and hair. That it is just a fantastic movie that, if you've never seen... Um, you may not appreciate it as a grown-up. You just may not. You've got to get into that mindset, that teenage mindset, or you know, young adult mindset. Um, but uh, it'll give you the feels, as they say, online. Well, finally, um, on this episode, uh, I feel like it is it is beholden upon us. Is that right? It behooves us uh, to talk this little beauty. Avengers Age of Ultron has released a second trailer, May 1st, the release date on that this year. And, you know, you could you could speculate, speculate, speculate everything um, that you want to. All I know is what's on here. And, there, and, it's, and it's cut cleverly to make you think that there are certain things that are leading into other things. Um, but let's do this, man, just really quickly. Let's break this thing down. Number one, you've got that... Uh, the the I've got no strings piece being played in the background. Uh, apparently, that's going to be a theme that runs throughout uh, the rest of the trailers and TV spots, if there are any more. You know, we're in January. May is less than five months away. So, you know, we may not get any more trailers or TV spots for this thing. This may be it, or trailers. There'll probably be some, t- some TV spots. Um, but I don't know that we'll get any more full-length trailers and maybe one more sometimes they'll do a third one you know we got time marvel's pretty good about like really trying to promote their stuff so you never know but i i really thought we'd kind of get away from this i was hoping that our next look would be a little more lighthearted. to be honest with you i know i'm kind of a sucker for that so that made me think um why don't i do this why don't i really try to um 
why don't I go back and see what they did for the Avengers? Because I've kind of forgotten the Avengers trailers. You know, that's the amazing thing. Once you've lived with these movies for a while, you forget what the trailers were, especially these Marvel movies, because they hit you so hard and fast that 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 even though it seems like we're 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 living with these trailers for years, when we hit the actual movie, the trailers kind of s- stop meaning as much uh, for some reason. I can tell you, you know, the first trailers for all of the Star Wars prequels, um, but a lot of these, uh, <laughs> a lot of these Marvel movies, I just forget. Even though I was just devouring the trailers, except for the Incredible Hulk trailer, that teaser, that first teaser where he just kind of comes up out of the ground and it ends as they're leaping to punch each other, the Hulk and Abomination, and then it just Incredible Hulk. I'm like, ah. So, but uh, here's here's the first trailer, the official trailer. Uh, for Marvel's The Avengers. This is the original Avengers, by the way. Just to kind of get a feel of what this is and what and how they were promoting this. You were made to be ruled. In the end, it will be every man for himself. A lot. A lot of things blowing up. Loki talking. People run in slow motion. What do we do? We get ready. Oh yeah, the Nine Inch Nails song. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles. That we never could. Gentlemen, what are you prepared to do? No offense, but I don't play well with others. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away. What are you? A uh, genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Oh, yeah, there's some lightheartedness. <laughs> can't protect the earth. You can be damn sure we'll avenge it. Dr. Banner, your work is unparalleled, and I'm a huge fan of the way you lose control and turn into an enormous green rage monster. Oh. Just that shot of the hook. Now, it, it had some levity in it. It had more levity than what we've seen in these two Avengers trailers, uh, for sure. Um, but it was also very much explosions, threatening, a lot of people looking scared, a lot of people looking intense, a lot of fight scenes. Uh, so, you know, not uh, not super, you know, fun, so to speak. Uh, here's the second trailer from Marvel's Avengers. Now, this is the first Avengers movie again, remember. Oh, this is that... This is that kind of trailer. A lot of destruction, people running. People running for their lives. And we are hopelessly outgunned. Explosions and such as. I think it's time. Here with the mission, sir. Trying to get me back in the world. 
trying to save it. Doctor, we need you to come in. What if I say no? I'll persuade you. What are you asking me to do? It's called the Avengers Initiative. I thought I didn't qualify. Apparently I'm, what is it, volatile, self-obsessed, and don't play well with others. All right, now, Tony, it just showed Iron Man and Thor fighting. A couple of deleted shots uh, with some dialogue and stuff. How desperate are you? And you call on such lost creatures to defend you. You have made me very desperate. We're not a team. We're a time bomb. A lot of shots of the Battle of New York. Hulk catching Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. There's that awesome, just beautiful shot of panning around all of them. Where they're standing on the bridge getting ready to fight. And the Avengers logo. I'm bringing the party to you. You know this part in the movie, of course. All right. So that one was a little more serious. Uh, not uh, not a lot of levity there. So I don't... But here's the thing. I, I think um, with this uh, Age of Ultron, I think there's a reason we're not getting levity in the trailers. I don't know how much levity there is in the movie. We've seen the one clip of uh that that kind of was the extended trailer that they gave us uh on agents of shield with everyone trying to lift the hammer and and there was some good stuff there um moving right along here in this trailer here people evacuating hawkeye helping people get away from something this vulnerable world there's a huge like it looks like a people mover that people are getting into it's it's this piece of technology i can't tell if it flies their cars parked all around it and so I can't tell if it is a Roly. It looks like it could be both. It could be either Roly or Flyy. Um, like it may belong on the uh, like on the helicarrier kind of thing. Rolling ladder along here. Need something more powerful than any of us. Captain America got that helmet. And on Captain America's sleeve, I think I know everyone's noticed the patch, the the Avengers patch on his on his uh, suit. There, he's obviously got a different suit than he's uh, than he than he than his World War II suit, or even his shield suit that he was wearing in Winter Soldier. Hawkeye in the woods. This is with some explosions around. The thing they dread. Everyone creates a thing they dread. Ultron. Ruffalo Banner utters the name Ultron as Ultron, a battered piece of like what looks to be a messed up... Um, what looks to be a messed up Iron Man armor kind of thing, robot, like he was using in Iron Man 3, comes comes stumbling out. In the flesh. In the flesh, baby. No matter who. Banner turning into the Hulk here, and it looks like he's in Stark Tower. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to uh, 
to pause this where I can really tell. It looks like he's in Stark Towers there, getting ready to turn. And this may be what precipitates the fight between he and Tony. Trouble always comes around. All right, when he says trouble always comes around, it cuts to a cave, and there's a woman in the cave who's taking off a robe. She looks to have no hair. Um, I think this is someone from Wakanda. I, I do. I, I don't have a name per se, but I think this is in Wakanda. I think Wakanda is going to play into this somewhat. Wakanda, for those of you who don't know, will meet the Black Panther apparently in Phase 3. Um, and some people are saying Nebula. It's not Nebula. Uh, there's no blue skin there. This is a this is someone of African descent, um, and she does appear to be baldish. Uh, I think this is someone tied to the Black Panther. We may see the Black Panther in this movie. We know we're going to see him in um, Captain America: Civil War. We may very well see him. We're definitely going to Wakanda, and so I think that's who this is. I think this is someone tied uh, to to him and to that country. You've meddled with something you don't understand. Thor, you've meddled with something you don't understand. Thor's in his battle armor when he says that. Scarlet Witch walking out. She shoots something to the side, and we see something that looks like a bolt of hers knock Iron Man into a door. And Widow says... We have no place in the world. And then it looks to be her face. Someone's grabbing it. It looks like it's some type of flashback thing. Someone's grabbing it, sitting down. Remember in Avengers when Widow and Hawkeye are talking, and he says, have you ever had anyone take you apart and put you back together from the inside? And she says, you know I have. We may be getting some of that. This looks like a female figure that's taken and just put her face on the... Uh, in her hand and, and throw it on the gurney there, but then it cuts to some surgical instruments. I don't think that's, I don't think that's all the part of the same scene. I think the surgical instruments and stuff are, are Baron von Strucker, who we saw at the end of Captain America: Winter Soldier, uh, and the button and the coder for that. I think that's that's some of his stuff, and I think that ties in to the stuff we've seen in Marvel's Agents of Shield, where the guy's been working on Inhumans. Shots of the Ultron people tearing up some buses and trucks, crawling out of the water and shooting up somewhere. Iron Man stopping police. And here comes the Hulk just kicking a truck. We see Andy Serkis' character again. And I think we're led to believe that Andy Serkis plays a guy named Ulysses Claw. And it's great that they've got Andy Serkis because we know of his work in motion capture and that sort of thing. Claw, K-L-A-W, uh, becomes a supervillain who's made of pure sound. Um, I'd love to see that realized on the big screen. I was introduced to Claw as a member of, uh, member of the Frightful Four in the pages of the Fantastic Four. Continuing on. Quinjet landing. Captain America fighting with his Ultron and loses. He gets just pinned up against the something. This shot of Hulk and the Black Widow. Hulk seems to be coming to his senses, and Black Widow, you know, Natasha's standing there, kind of raises her hand, and he raises, and someone, and people are saying there may be a love thing going on there. I don't know. Betty is Bruce's one true love. He says, "I'm going to tear you apart," and then Ultron does, and he shoots him. Then we cut to Thor with lightning. It looks to be like coursing through him, being sucked out of him. Maybe I don't know. Uh, there's a lady behind him, though, very scantily clad lady, 
who could be um, someone from Asgard, maybe the Enchantress, uh, maybe uh, Hela, who is Hela cool, um, or Hela, I don't know how you pronounce her name, it's H-E-L-A, um, who's kind of been a Thor enemy. From the inside. Thor grabs Stark by the throat and just lifts him right up. More destruction, here's the big Hulkbuster armor, and Hulk just knocked him Oh boy. He got KTFO. And, and Tony just dragging Hulk along the ground. Hulk stands up, and when Hulk turns around, you can barely see it, but his eyes are red. Almost as I feel like Tony's probably shot him in the face with his big repulsor rays. That seems to be a big deal of what's going on in this movie. Then you get a final shot of Ultron there. A lot of people are making a really big deal of what's going on in this movie as it pertains to the, the Hulk. Uh, Iron Man stuff going down. Um, really quickly, uh, Stellan Skarsgård is mentioned here, so we will see um, we will see Eric Selvig in this movie. Um, Brian Tyler, who's becoming the Marvel go-to guy for music, is doing the uh, doing the score according to the credits card the credits card the yeah the card with the the title card with the credits on it here um and i'm just looking for some clues here as to who aaron taylor johnson of course we know elizabeth olsen that's quicksilver and scarlet witch respect respectively uh paul bettany who's going to be playing the vision now he's the one character we've seen images from toys of this cat but we've not seen the vision physically on screen so it's going to be interesting to see john favreau listed as an executive producer alongside stan lee um of course we know it's a joss whedon film um yeah i'm telling you what written and directed by joss whedon produced by kevin feige i think it's going to be interesting i think that um here's the thing about this phase two marble thing and 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 this is why i think we're not seeing a lot of levity in this trailer in, in Marvel Phase 2 so far, I want us to look and see where we've where we've gone and where we've gotten to. Uh, Iron Man 3 ends with him basically... He's not setting down the armor, of course, but he's he's had the shrapnel removed from his chest. He doesn't have the arc reactor in his chest anymore. And so he's, you know, he's done. Uh, he He's basically just saying, I'm, I'm, this is, this is not... I'm not Iron Man. I'm Tony Stark. So it's kind of a downer, you know. It's a little bit of a, it's kind of happy, but it's also kind of a downer on one hand. Thor, the Dark World. Though Thor ends up on Earth with Jane Foster happy, the last shot we really have of Thor in Thor, you know, before the credits roll, is Loki on the throne of Asgard. Pretty dark ending. Captain America, Winter Soldier. The... The state of, of of American security in disarray because Shield had been for years and years and years infiltrated by Hydra sleeper cells, and so Shield now disbanded, and everyone's kind of scattered. Nick Fury thought to be dead. Uh, everyone's kind of gone their own way on their own missions now. You know, Captain America's a man on his own. Uh, Black Widow, the truth about her has come out. You know, and so all that red that's in her ledger that she talked about in the Avengers may be. For public consumption now so um it's uh you know it's 
everything is kind of on a down note. And so it makes sense that maybe Avengers 2, if it is indeed the second act of maybe a three-act deal or four-act, if you count Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2 as two acts rather than one, maybe that's where we're at. Maybe we're at the Empire Strikes Back of the Avengers. So, I don't know. Um, it's... It, it's. I think it's going to be amazing. I if it if it is as good a sequel to the Avengers as Captain America: Winter Soldier was to Captain America: The First Avenger, then it may just shoot up there as my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. So you know, it's. I I think it's. I I just. If 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 Ant Man ends up being a misstep for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, then it's coming off a what what appears to be just a huge forward momentum step for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, I don't want to get too much into rumors that could get into spoiler territory because I really try to stay out of spoilers for some of this Marvel stuff. It's hard to, though, because the smallest little thing gets uh, posted or mentioned and everyone jumps on it and every news site suddenly has it and, you know, it has links to it and everything else or mentions it in their, what they're talking about or people tweet about it or just say it right out there. Um, but it it very well could be that Avengers Infinity War, we see Avengers that don't have Iron Man, Cap, or Thor involved. Um, which is not a, a novel concept if you're a comic book reader. The Avengers roster, the main roster of the Avengers, has changed over the years the same way the Justice League does. Uh, you know, for the longest time, the Justice League didn't have its heavy hitters involved in the Justice League. Uh, it wasn't until Grant Morrison brought them back around in the 90s that, man, it's like suddenly it clicked over there at DC Publishing. It's like, yeah, you know what? Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, these guys should all be involved in, in the Justice League and not second-tier characters. Second-tier characters should be a second-tier Justice League. You know, they should be backup, you know, kind of players. Um, and in the Avengers, a lot of times what happened is... Um, is... A lot of times what happens in the Avengers is, is you end up with some of these characters who aren't necessarily a... A players, you know, A team players that you end up with some some B level characters and even some C level characters. And then you end up with like the Great Lakes Avengers, <laughs> who it's just kind of like, well, we don't really have anyone else to call. Let's call these guys. Um, check out the Great Lakes Avengers if you don't know what I'm talking about. It'll be a nice little exercise in some obscure Marvel Universe stuff for you. Um, yeah, I, so it's. I say all that to say this, that that this could really shake up the way things go, especially going into Phase 3 of the Marvel Universe after Ant-Man with Captain America Civil War. Um, I, you know, I I don't want to get too much into into that kind of projection yet. I have a lot, I have a lot of opinions about bringing Civil War to the silver screen that kind of bothers me. I'm bothered. I never liked the concept of Civil War in the Marvel Universe. It it never set well with me. It did great numbers. It was wonderful. It led right into World War Hulks. It led right into Secret Invasion. 
I like I dug what went on in Secret Invasion. I, the resolution was a bit iffy for me, but by and large, uh, I really did not care for what Civil War brought about in the Marvel Universe, and the fact that it's never really been fixed. You know, it's never the status quo from Civil War was changed in the Marvel Universe, guys. So it's it's um. It's not, you know, it, it's, it is an event that can definitely say they changed it. Very few events can say that. Very few big events, big crossover events can say that they've changed the status quo forever. Um, Civil War kind of did that, you know, and it's been a hard road back to, to me to get these characters to be likable and, and enjoyable again. Because you can't forget that the, they were at each other's throats over a piece of legislation, you know. And that, granted, it was reveal yourselves to the public, start working for the government. <clears throat> and I think it speaks volumes that Captain America's a small government guy. Now, I'm not going to get into uh, politics or such as, you know. But I think it speaks volumes that Captain America was anti the government in, in that moment. I think it it, it kind of speaks volumes about his character and maybe the way he votes. But yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. Friends! Captain America is obviously conservative. That's what uh, Rush Limbaugh would say. But I'm kidding. Um, I mean, real quick in the chat, Sci-Fi now says, will we see Coulson in Avengers 2? I don't know. Um, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens if they find out he's alive. I think that would add a really unique take, and it would be a reason to jump into some Civil War, but I don't see where that would put Cap and Iron Man at odds so much as it would put them at odds further with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Wu says, where do you put the Defenders, or do you feel that separate? Uh, no, it's all part of the Marvel. It's all connected. I don't know where we'll see... I don't know where that'll fall in the timeline of all this, though, and I think that's going to come out as these shows are produced and as we see these shows. The interesting thing about the, the Netflix shows that are coming on... Um, is that they're all being produced in one chunk and kind of removed from everything that's going on cinematically. The creators obviously are going to be, I would imagine, bound to some rules of what's happening um, in what's happening in, in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe on, on the big screen. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Wu says, I hope Ant-Man knocks out of the park. I do, too. Listen, when I say that I, I think Ant-Man may be a misstep, it's not because I uh, I don't like Ant-Man. It's because of all the different things that have gone on behind the scenes. It just makes me feel iffy about it. it it's kind of this It's this weird thing that I don't know what, what it actually is going to be. Uh, Wu says, you know, I like Civil War because it's too real. It's a very reality-based story. Is it? I... I because I don't see superheroes in reality fighting each other. It's not something that happens on a daily basis. So there's your daily dose of snark from Steve. <laughs> no, I don't like it because these heroes shouldn't... Uh, you've got plenty of supervillains to fight. You know, it, there's no sense in pitting the superheroes against each other when you've got a great cast of rogues that you could have that you could have just done a war with not even worry about civil war i would do something and call it war war um and, and and have some you know do a classic team up in a way and that's just my proclivities as a comic book reader um you know 
I just feel like you you ended up wasting a lot of time and wasting a lot of great villains. So, um, you know, it, again, it definitely changed the game as far as Marvel Comics is concerned, but not, you know, it's it's not something I would have done. But, hey, kudos to them because they put it all out there and went for it, and it was successful for them. And so, you know, and, and I'm all about comic books being successful. I, I really am. I'm all about the industry being strong and thriving. And that's why I, I'm a proponent of getting back to comics that... Um, that's why I agree. I, I'm a proponent of comics getting back to being for all ages, kids and adults alike, being able to enjoy them because that's where your future readers are going to come from is not from 40 year old guys like me. Your future readers are the kids now who are super into guardians of the galaxy and super into the Avengers. And so I feel like what you've got to do is provide a platform uh, on the printed page for these kids to be able to go to a comic book store or maybe even, you know, somehow get back to the spinner rack situation. And I know that's all in distribution and business stuff, but I'm just saying if you get back to where they're easily accessible for kids and it's, and, and, and you have guys who are trying to write stories that kids and adults will enjoy. So, um, so I, I really think that that's, you know, so when I'm talking about comics and, and stuff I didn't like, I'm talking about it from a perspective of just my opinion, for one thing. From the other thing, it, it's I want comics to do well, and, and I want comics to, to stick around, you know, long after I'm gone. And I know that as a kid, I was reading stuff that <clears throat> that I know people older than me were reading and enjoying just as much as I was. Um, I don't think we have to water it down too, too much. I just think we have to make sure not to, you know, writers need to make sure not to make things. I don't know. It's, it's a fine line you walk. It's a really fine line you walk and I'm not creative enough to walk it. I'll be honest with you. I'm really not, uh, creative enough, uh, to walk it. Uh, Jason Spencer in the chat makes a great point. Ultimate Spider-Man was a good gateway comic for all ages at first. I agree that that ultimate uh, universe, uh, Spider-Man especially was a great gateway for all ages, but what they ended up doing with the ultimates, um, was not, you know, uh, and, and I don't know the direction that it's going in. I, I kind of st stay away from the ultimate universe just because I'm a six, one, six guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I really am. Um, so yeah, that's, wow. That's a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen is what we call that. Just going to be straight up with you. Tangent. Love it. Um, you know what? We mentioned Revenge of the Sith earlier. It wouldn't be um it wouldn't be Geek Out Loud if uh though if we didn't mention Star Wars full on. And so I'll mention it this way. The Force Awakens at the time of recording is three hundred and thirty-six days away. We're in the year of Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up on Geek Out Loud down the road, of course, we'll be looking back at more of some of these uh movies of which it is the 30th, 20th, 10th anniversary of. Uh, we're going to be talking some toys. We're going to be talking um, some comics, of course. We'll talk some comics. We're just going to be talking some fun stuff. I've got to uh, get brushed up on my Hobbit stuff. I'm, I'm two movies behind in The Hobbit, and uh, so I'll be catching up on that because our good friend uh, Steve Schoenborn, Patreon supporter Steve Schoenborn, wants to come on and uh, from uh, from the Lost Hours podcast, wants to come on and talk some Lord of the Rings and uh, Patreon supporter uh, Shoney 
I've told them we'd do that. We'll have a good time doing it. So, but I got to get caught up. I've read the books. Got to get caught up on the movie. Speaking of books, head over to Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com. And uh, and check out uh, the Goliverse group there. Join up with us. Get in the discussion as we try to get the Goliverse book club started. And uh, every couple of months, we will read a book together, and we'll get to know what's going on. And uh, we'll, we'll read it together, and then we'll have a discussion uh, on the show about the books we read. So head over goodreads.com. Uh, let me see if there's actually a, yeah, it's, it's not an easy URL to go to, but just go and, and search for Goliverse in the groups at goodreads.com. Join in. Um, <clears throat> here are some suggestions that have been thrown out for the book pitch. Um, Lord of the Flies, The Hobbit, um, The Martian by Andy Weir. Someone else nominated The Hobbit. Um, and our good friend Bald-Headed Rod suggested The Man in the High Castle. So it's an electrifying novel of our world as it might have been. So head over to Goliverse Group on Goodreads.com. Put in your suggestion. Uh, we'll compile them all. We'll take a vote on the Facebook at Facebook.com slash GeekOutLoud. And then in a couple of weeks or a month or so, we will do... Um, we will do the uh, we will do the book club, man, and we'll have call-ins and we'll have people throw out their suggestions and that sort of thing. Goliverse Book Club, Goodreads.com. Look for the Goliverse group. Join up with us and uh, and do that. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com. <clears throat> geekoutonline at gmail.com. Love to hear from you over there. Do us a big favor. I am trying to get to, on the Geek Out Loud stuff, trying to get to 225 reviews by the time of my birthday, which is January 25th. Send cards or gifts as appropriate. And uh, (laughs) right now, getting over there right now to see where we're at, right now we have 211 reviews, 14 reviews in about, oh, 11 days from the time of this recording. So if you would be so kind as to head over to Geek Out Loud on iTunes, leave us a review. I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. It would help us get further and further and further up the ladder in the what hots in what's hot section. Let people know we're there, and um, it's just a it's a great way to help out the shows. Uh, this hopefully, if all goes to plan, this episode you're listening to now via the podcast will be the first of the rest of the episodes on this feed, being only Geek Out Loud. There will be a Goliverse feed coming soon. It'll be a catch-all feed for everything. So for those of you guys that like to have everything in the feed, it'll be there. For those of you guys who want just the individual episodes of different shows, you're going to have to subscribe to all of those now uh, via the iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. All those RSS feeds are listed at geekoutpodcast.com. Geekoutpodcast.com. Just look at the top and uh, look for the, the RSS feeds there. Thanks for using the Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. It helps the shows out. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone who supports us directly through patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you want to help us out over there, go over to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and and just give what you feel is appropriate. It's a monthly thing, so one buck, two bucks, whatever you can, and uh, help us out. It saved my life the latter half of this year, guys. 
It has kept us up and running in a big, bad way, and we want to keep getting better and better for you, and we thank you so much for your support of Geek Out Loud. That's going to do it for us this time around. We'll see you next time on your safe to... I'll, I'll get it out. I'll spit it out. On your safe place to geek out. The Geek Out Loud podcast. See you next time, guys. Don't forget January 25th at Mixer.com slash Golaverse. January 24th, 25th is my birthday. Send cards or gifts as appropriate. January 24th, the pay, the charity marathon. Golaverse charity marathon starting at 10 a.m. Eastern with the Big Honkin' Show. Come hang out with us. Mixer.com slash Golaverse.